truck and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Tuesday here on the Steve Dace Show, live and on demand on The Blaze. I'm Steve Dace. Todd Erzin, Aaron McIntyre here with me as well. If you'd like to join us today, it's 888-900-3393. That's the number here at The Blaze, 888-900-3393. You can also uh, let us know what you think about what we think via the stevedace.com inbox. You can email the program, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. We have a jam-packed show today. Uh, we've got more debunking of uh, progressive mythology in uh, this week's Fake News or Not. That's coming up here um, later in the program. Uh, we also have uh, Pop Culture Tuesday. We're going to debunk some more progressive mythology. Uh, that's coming up uh, in, uh, what? that's hour number two of the show, where we look at the intersection between culture and conservatism. Uh, Chip Roy is going to be here, where he's going to debunk uh, the border mythology. He sends a theme here. Uh, on on today's show. Um, we're going to be not just um, delivering truth bombs today, but like truth antidotes uh, to the serum that we are force-fed throughout uh, many of the uh, influence and idea sectors uh, in American culture today. Yeah, these are not going to be truth bombs. These are going to be debunker busters. That I like that. That's good. And look at him. Do you see the look on his face? He said back and like, that was my good one. I just did it. That just happened. It's only going to go downhill from here. The camera wasn't on it, but he looked back. He gave me a wink. He's like, that was my good one. I did it, Dad. Hope you're listening. All right. I mean, I, I mean I'm sure your dad's not quite as proud as that dad whose kid won the U.S. Open over the weekend, but I'm sure right sure. now he is really, really yeah. proud of yeah. you. Yeah. Not nearly as proud of you, though, as you are clearly are uh, were of yourself, though, just a couple of minutes ago. That's Hard fair. Hard to do. Hard tough, to do. But, tough yep. but fair. Agreed. All right. Before we get to all of that, though, first, Aaron must let us know what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by Action, maybe. Next week, Immigration and Customs Enforcement will begin the process of removing the millions of illegal aliens who have illicitly found their way into the United States. They will be removed as fast as they come in. Mexico, using their strong immigration laws, is doing a very good job of stopping people long before they get to our southern border. Guatemala is getting ready to sign a safe third agreement. The only ones who don't do anything are the Democrats in Congress. They must vote to get rid of the loopholes and fix asylum. If so, border crisis will end quickly. We're starved for action, so I guess this is probably good news. Just don't tell anybody on the left. The United States is running concentration camps on our southern border. And that is exactly what they are. They are concentration camps. And um, if that doesn't bother you, I don't. Minnesota Congresswoman Elon Omar told CNN recently that her own anti-Semitism is being used as a weapon against her. I mean, so I, I want to say, you know, there are people who are genuinely interested in fighting anti-Semitism. And then yeah, sure. there are of course, I am. there are those that are interested in weaponizing right, anti-Semitism to shut down debate on whatever they might not agree on and vilify um, anybody that they might not want to have any kind of platform to 
have influence. Moving on, Bill de Blasio is not worried that nobody's voting for him. I learned a long time ago about polling. It's not where you start, it's where you finish. I mean, right now, I got nowhere to go but up. Gentlemen, I have a plan. Joe Biden spoke at something called the Poor People's Campaign. And so, folks, look, if you start off with the notion there's nothing you can do, well, might you all go home then, man? Or let's start a real physical revolution if you're talking about it. A new morning consult national poll of over 17,000 likely voters shows Joe Biden with a 38 to 19 percent lead over Bernie Sanders. Elizabeth Warren lags behind in third, while Mayor Pete and Kamala Harris are tied for fourth with 7%. Britain has what amounts to a ministry of advertisements, and this week that ministry announced a ban on so-called harmful gender stereotypes, like any depiction of women being bad drivers or men who can't change diapers. So I guess this means no more depictions of people wearing burkas? Okay. C.C. Telfer recently spoke to ESPN. C.C. is the young man who won the women's 400-meter hurdles at the NCAA Division II Championship. Anything, me competing against cisgender um, females is a disadvantage because mm-hmm. my body is going, on, going through so many uh, medical implications, like it's going through biochemistry changes. Um, so being on you know, hormone replacement therapy, it, uh, it gives you... It, so it, you, your, your muscle depletion, your muscle is deteriorating. Mm-hmm. Um, you lose a lot of strength because, you know, testosterone is where you get your, your strength, your agility, all of right. that um, athletic stuff. Um, so I have to t- work twice as hard to keep that strength. And if I slack a day, that's like three days set behind. So oh. I have to continue. I have to keep up my workouts. I have to keep on top of all my things. I can't drink. I can't like eat unhealthy or else it's going to impact me harder. And finally, Cabot Phillips from Campus Reform hit the campus again and started rolling tape. Today we're at Marymount University reading offensive quotes to students and asking them if they think they're Joe Biden's or Donald Trump's. What they don't know is that all the quotes are actually Joe Biden. What will his supporters say when they find that out? Let's ask him. Who would you vote for in the presidential election between Donald Trump and Joe Biden? I would probably have to go with leadership, which is Joe Biden. Personally, I would go for Joe Biden. Joe Biden. Joe Biden. Joe Biden. Have a few quotes for you here. I want you to guess who said them between Donald Trump or Joe Biden, all right? Somewhat controversial quotes from the past. First quote, you cannot go to a 7-Eleven or Dunkin' Donuts unless you have a slight Indian accent. Who do you think said that? Trump. Uh, Trump. <laughs> Sounds like a Trump quote. <laughs> That's a big yikes. But, uh, I might say Donald Trump. Uh, Donald Trump. Donald Trump. What if I told you that all of those are actually Joe Biden? Alright, there it is. <laughs> is that surprising? Yeah, very. <laughs> That's crazy. Is that surprising? Yeah. Oh, snap. Oh, oh, that's bad. <laughs> Is that surprising to you? Yeah. I mean, it's, they're all pretty racist, so it's not really good. Ah, well, that's surprising. That's really surprising. And that's what happened? Well, we were away. Aaron's unsurprising montage today brought to you by our friends at Real Estate Agents I Trust. Uh, this is one area you don't want to be surprised. Okay. Uh, you need to find uh, if you're going to dip your toe or go full immersion, uh, into the real estate market, you need a real estate agent. You can trust one that checks, uh, the three following boxes, one that has a successful track record of successfully navigating the real estate market. One that understands that data does matter, but you have to look beyond the algorithms. You can't ignore the data, but you can't go solely by it as well, because there's always outliers 
in any market, in any formula, and you got to find out whether or not those outliers pertain to you. Uh, and then thirdly, do you get along with this person? Is there a rapport there? This is a very relational, personal process. You're going to demand a lot from one another. Uh, and often at the last minute, it will go a lot smoother and better, more success successfully. Easy for me to say, if you guys uh, have that rapport. If you're looking for an agent that does all of those three things, that's why Glenn Beck and his associates started this company several years ago. They too were looking for real estate agents that they could trust, and now they want to share them with you. Just go to the website, realestateagentsitrust.com. Again, that's realestateagentsitrust.com. We're going off the board a little bit today for the overtime. For those of you that are going to be uh, around here later today at Blaze TV as our subscribers, uh, I, I, I gave myself uh, a, an exception. Right now, I'm on a, uh, I'm on a no uh, talking to left America media just because it, uh, being interviewed by, I just, I don't see a point to it, you know. I also wouldn't talk to Al Jazeera or Russia Today if they called me or Tehran tonight. You know, I wouldn't return their calls either. Uh, but this case, I made an exception because it's something that uh, I think I could use this moment to my advantage or advantage of things I think. So I got a call yesterday from Maggie Haberman at the New York Times, whom the president is just absolutely obsessed with and reads everything she writes and has for years for reasons really only Allah knows. And so um, if you I thought this was a great opportunity to send a message to the president, if I could get it in the newspaper, he claims not to care about that he never misses. Uh, and I'm going to impart that conversation. We're going to discuss it here um, with the rest of the team. That's coming up later today in the uh, overtime. If you're a subscriber to Blaze TV, so if you want to get access to that, blazetv.com slash dace. We'll get you a discounted subscription if you're not yet a subscriber to Blaze TV. BlazeTV.com slash days. All right, let's get to what is inside of Aaron's montage. And she's too precise, guys. This is too perfect. You know, if 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 I told you a, a couple of you know conservative filmmakers got together and wanted to put out a pure propaganda film of what the future of the American left given totally over to not just socialism, but the most vapid, vapid, banal, banal strain of it, possibly imagined. A mixture of all the worst traits of millennial stereotypes with mixed with all of the historical ignorance required in order to embrace socialism to begin with. And if I told you they were going to do this and put this out purely as a, as a, as a means of, of propagandizing, of trolling the next generation of leftists, would it not look exactly like what this woman has already become? Mm. That, that, that mm -hmm. video in your montage, does it not check every box? She has become the Fred Phelps of American <laughs> leftism. And what I'm, and what I mean by that, you know, I, if you guys don't remember Fred Phelps, uh, he made a career out of himself for preaching doctrines of demons. And he passed away a few years ago, and I'm sure wherever he is now, he, he is uh, greatly regretting many of those life choices. And, but he, he, was, he, he checked every box of the straw man that the rainbow jihad wanted to pretend people like me are in order to uh, deconstruct people like you. 
and and he and, and literally they would just rattle their zippers, blow the whistle, whatever whatever you know euphemism you want to use, uh, answer the cattle call, the Pavlovian dog, whatever euphemism you want for for you know answering when beckoned. He was there every single time, and he fulfilled all the negative stereotypes the hard left wanted to portray Christianity. And I, I just became convinced early in my career when he was kind of at his peak, this isn't real. Like this has to be funded by some rainbow jihad shadow organization that, that needs this as a foil. They, they need this to further create empathy for their victimology. This, this, I've never met anybody like this, you know? And I mean, I, I came out of a suburban megachurch where like literally all, all stereotypes of American Christianity, good and bad, were prevalent. And I never saw anything like this. This is the stuff that, you know, you know, the, the hard left faculty members at your university at Oberlin, when they're trying, when they're, when they're not busy trying to brand people falsely as racist on social media and getting their asses sued off for it. This is like what Oberlin College teaches their students. All of Christianity is Fred Phelps. Yep. Okay. And it can't be true. Like this, you can't be this, you can't, human beings aren't this one dimensional, right? Like if someone looks like they're, there's no flaws, they're, they're perfect, they're, they're the ideal, they're, they're the Ubermensch Nietzsche, Nietzsche they're not. That, that, I mean, no one, human beings, are, we are complicated creatures, we are east of Eden, no one is one dimensional. No one is. Either to the extreme good or the extreme bad. Hell, even John Wayne Gacy, in between inspiring Pennywise the Clown, did a mean, did a mean watercolor, finger painting. He used to sell them in prison. We created the laws that you couldn't make a living off of at your externally selling your brand in prison because John Wayne Gacy was doing it so successfully. Right? Human beings were just not one-dimensional like this. And that's what Fred Phelps seemed to be, and that's what this woman, Ocasio-Cortez, has become. I, I am now f someone, first of all, whoever you are, whoever took a look at this Brooklyn district and thought, you know what, you know, can win this thing with like 15,000 votes. We plant her, somebody like this here, and we just troll the left in a district they couldn't possibly lose. I, I think all of us that work in conservative media owe you a debt of gratitude. The amount of content that you have produced for us, the amount of bait we have clicked, because we all know that bait ain't going to click itself. And, and now, if you secure the American border, America is running concentration camps. I, I mean, this is... Oh, and she did, I should say, she did want to clarify this morning. She didn't mean death camps. Death camps were where people died. Concentration camps are just where they... Work. She was. She was making that clarification. They were prepared for death. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's huge. Huge so, difference. So there. you're telling me she reset this point so she could get clickbaited all over again. Again, this is brilliant. This is a brilliant caricature. Who, which, whoever among you constructed this? Hate the game, not the player. Is that Babylon B. This is it could yeah, be behind yes. That. This is not a real person. This is not a real politician. She is, the, she is leftism's Fred Phelps. This is a carefully constructed caricature 
that is checking every single box. She cannot be this one-dimensional, Todd. Did you see there's like a a 10-year-old on YouTube who does an impersonation of her? That's that's pretty much where we live now. Yeah. I, Do you think this is I'm I'm dead I'm dead serious. Is this the first deep fake that's gone mainstream? You know, Beck and others have no. been warning us about this the last three years. Is this the first deep fake that's gone mainstream? Like every she is if I told if you found out tomorrow, if you found out tomorrow that at what we believe is Alexandria Ocasio Cortez is really Natasha Kaminsky Bogdanovich who uh, is a plant from Putin, uh, who's, been, who's voicing deep fakes in order to infiltrate and disturb the, uh, the, the geopolitical conversation in America. You know, Would you be surprised? Steve, I've never... I'll, I'll open this up. Have you ever seen her in person before? No. I, I certainly haven't. Todd, have you? No. If, 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 <laughs> if, if you found that out tomorrow, would you be surprised? Yes. No, you would not. Dude, if I turned in a if I turned in a fiction book with her with if five years ago if I had turned in a fiction book with her as the villain of where the American left wants to go and if like if, like we were talking yesterday about that new movie. That's coming out. We're all excited about oh, yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Where this dude wakes up in an, in an alternative world, and the Beatles never existed. And he just writes all their songs and gets credit for it. Right? Let's say we we I woke up tomorrow in an alternative world where Alexandria Ocasio Cortez was never in office. We know nothing about this woman, and I just took all of the actual quotes from clips, the mannerisms, like um, you know, were kind of um. You know, it's it's like we're running concentration camps at the border, and um, so there. If I if I wrote that as dialogue, if I turn that into every conservative publisher in the country, every manu- manuscript be rejected by all of them. This isn't real. You have to self publish this. This villain is too ham fisted. It's too one dimensional. People really aren't like this. But that's where my hesitation was. It was obviously true with Fred Phelps. There's not a one-to-one correspondence here. People like her exist everywhere, Steve. It's you have known people like this. I have yeah. no. I've not known anyone like this. Oh, you, oh, Steve. This is where I mean. I there's progressivism is 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 that all the time. I I do know these people. I've been around them in many different. So your lives. argument is the opposite. She is not the plant. She is the fulfillment. That's your argument. Yes. I wish she was. I wish this was like back when Alex from the Bronx was just dancing in those videos. Yes. I do wish like like she was just a member of the Claire Booth Loose Society and they had like this secret Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. thing that they were doing. Right. And she is. I wish that were true because that would be awesome and cool. No, she's just she is the outcome of progressivism. I, I've been around it. A lot. I just in my from the running clubs I'm in to parent sidelines, uh, you 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 see it all over the place. I, I she's legion, man. It's not, it's it's not a caricature. It is. You're in a running club and you run into people. See what I did there? Uh, you. It's, it's early. I'll get better. I promise. 
Do I have to remind you about Total Depravity again? Is you, this uh, that show? Yeah, Total Depravity is not total uh, asininity. Total insanity. I mean, so what you're telling me is you guys are out there yes, it is. running around, you know, running laps, whatever your running club does when you're running. And in the middle of laps, people are like, hey, you know, but they're short of breath when they're doing it. Uh, you know, we're like, uh, uh, you know, we're like, we have like concentration camps at the borders, guys. Joe Biden, just, Joe Biden just called for a physical revolution. I mean, yes, That was man. the most painful call for a revolution of all time. That, this is why I... That's an old man looking for an applause line. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, we need, uh... Please, uh, See, half, Physical revolution, that's what we need. Yeah, that's it, yeah, Almost yeah. all of my commentary, my predictions, ultimately rely on my sense of reality that is, people like this are everywhere. That, Todd, really, that's my baseline. Todd, the Catholic, has hedged all of his bets on total depravity, and I think is pretty much undefeated. <sighs> I believe in total depravity. I, I, I think that is just asininity. I mean, I, that's, that, that's, we're that, that's, that's bed intruder. You are very, you are so dumb so, for real. So you're that's like, what that is. You're like she was at the end of the video. Yes. But she, yes, yes. But this is God, since we have heard, this is God being just and long-suffering. We have a shot still when it is still just asininity and not actual leper colonies and concentration camps that they're putting us in. We've got a shot while it's just this dumb. So it's one of the two, okay? Like, because this isn't, would we at least all agree, this isn't stable thinking, of course, it's not right? stable. It, I mean, and and for those of you that are younger, you know, Todd and I were on college campuses at the dawn of political correctness. We've been having these arguments. We're going into our mid to late forties. We've been having these arguments as adults for twenty years. I've had more than my. I've probably done as many appearances on liberal media, mainstream media, left America debate panels, interviews as anybody in our industry has the last few years. So I think it's important to note we are not unfamiliar with the arguments of the other side. This is just a level of dumbass that cannot be true. So it's, it's one of two things because this isn't stable. It's uninformed. It's just, it's just you can't debate this. This is, this is, this is why, you know, um, they, used to, they used to shove grapefruits in people's faces when they acted hysterically like this because they just they, they couldn't be reasoned with. So it's this is this is one of two things. It it's either a caricature, it's a plant, or it's what you said. This is the ultimate fulfillment of where giving yourself totally over to this spirit yeah. of the age ultimately takes well, you. Forget Joe Biden. Same montage. CC Telfer. Would anybody believe that? In that parallel universe you're talking about? Right. That's, that's Well, that's a great point that you're making. Now, maybe you're getting me to rethink this. Because what you're seeing there, everything he claims he has to go through is all self-induced. Yes. He doesn't have to go through any of those Exactly. Things. Not a single one he of them. He wants to. He wants to. He, does, he desires to put, to deform himself that way. That is a mental illness. And I don't care. You can fire me from here. You can ban me from every platform. I will go to my grave. I'm not... I'm not going to stop saying that. If you voluntarily do stuff like that to yourself, that is a mental illness is what that is. It's a mental illness. 
He's mentally ill. What remind our audience, where did he finish? What was it last year as running it with the men in the NCAA championships? You told me. Do you remember what it was? Oh, I mean, it was like three hundred. It was like two hundred ninetieth or something, you said, right? And that yeah. So last year he ran with the guys, he finished in two hundred ninetieth place. This year he runs with the women. What happens? He won. He wins. And then he wants to sit there. And if you watch that clip, I mean, he believes this. That's sociopathic. That's mental illness as well. Where you so believe your own lies or the lies that you bought into about who you are or that you want to tell other people that you are completely convincing in an external way when you speak. All of the typical body clues, the looking away, the, the, the things that would, normally you would reveal when you know what you're saying is false are gone. Because you really believe this lie that you have internalized on this level. And so you're saying that these are kissing cousins here. Mm-hmm. These two stories connect with one another and they're not, they're not separate to each other. Not at all. Aaron, what are your thoughts on this? You get, you get the you get deciding vote. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm more along the lines of what Todd is. I mean, these people are legion and they have been for a number of years. I mean, what's the difference, really, at the end of the day? What is the difference between Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez saying, essentially, securing the border means concentration camps or putting people in concentration camps, and Kirsten Gillibrand repeatedly, repeatedly saying that, it's, that the uh, separation of church and state is in the Constitution? What's the difference between those two? Uh, answer, nothing. It's just that... It's magical thinking. It's the world that I want to Ocasio exist. Alexandria right. uh, seems like uh, <laughs> more of a ditz than Gillibrand. We don't react to Gillibrand the same way we do to AOC. I think that's really the truth behind that. But there's really no difference. There's no difference in the magical thinking, as you put it, uh, historical I- ignorance, uh, sheer stupidity of both of those statements. And yet, you know, uh, they keep doing it. The cray-cray keeps coming. And uh, like Todd uh, has alluded to, I mean... Hedge your bets on total depravity, always. All right, I have a question to ask you guys here in just a minute to kind of sum up this conversation, all right? Think about that. For I'll tell you what it is here in just a minute, all right? Before I get to that question, uh, if you're like millions of Americans struggling to get uh, the natural uh, vitamins, minerals uh, that are supposed to be a part of our daily diets, that nature, our creator, put in our whole foods, our fruits and vegetables, so much of that is stripped out of those foods now so they can be suitable for mass production so they'll stay fresher longer right uh if you're like a lot of americans right now struggling to put those whole foods back into your system let me help you make it convenient and also great tasting and not loaded with sugar as well uh it's called field of greens it's a real you it's real usda organic fruits and vegetables so whole foods here uh, complete with the antioxidants, th- those are the immunity boosters, uh, the prebiotics, the probiotics, even though those help with health in the gut. You know, your gut's one of the largest immunity systems you have in your body, so they'll help you with that as well. These are all the things that are stripped out of a lot of the foods that we eat today. Field of Greens wants to put it back in, and they do it the natural way. So when you turn over the label of your bottle, it won't say supplement facts. It will say nutrition facts on it, because I just told you, this is real food. So if you want to get your fruits and vegetables in and you want to trick your kids into drinking theirs as well, you just mix this with any water-based drink and it tastes great. Uh, Here's the website, BrickHouseSteve.com. That's the website, BrickHouseSteve.com. And if you use my name, Steve, as a promo code, they'll give you 15% off of your first order at BrickHouseSteve.com. All right, here's the question. Do you guys think it's possible 
that part of the cloward pivoting of America was to make the likes of Ocasio-Cortez so dumb that they're undebatable. Like in, in finance, there's a term called judgment proof. Where your debts are so extravagant, so exorbitant, so unpayable that there's no point in going after you. Because what it would cost to go after you to get the judgment, I'm never going to recoup that cost because you cannot pay. You know what I'm trying to mm -hmm. say? It, is it possible that part of the march through the institutions was to create people so dumb, this dumb, you cannot debate that. That's not, that's not lucid. You cannot debate that. Think this is a tactic? To yes. create dumb soldiers that the stuff they say just can't be debated because it's just so insane. Well, yeah, but not so we can't debate them, so they can't debate their own leaders. That's cult so they, leaders So need. they can't critically think. Yes. That's what cult leaders do. Is yes. that what you were going to say? Yeah. What do you think, Aaron? I think this, I, it, it could be uh, anything and everything, all of the above. Uh, that, that is the danger of leaving the world of rational, you know, real thought. And really what we're talking about when we leave the world of, of rationality is, is at some level, as we talked about yesterday for a little while, at some level, rejecting a fundamental premise, a fundamental about you and your creator. At some level, all of these people have done that, and that's where we get Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's and they are legion. We'll continue this conversation and then have a warning for you with fake news or not. All that and more coming up next right here on The Blaze. Stay tuned. In America, millions of us struggle each day and have just decided to settle uh, with the notion of chronic pain that comes from too much inflammation in the body. But I've got good news for you today. Relief could be just one click away. Uh, there have been numerous success stories where Relief Factor is concerned here at The Blaze. And now I would count myself amongst uh, the, the latest of them. I, I think this is a fantastic product. Uh, my recovery time, uh, post-workouts, in-between workouts, the amount of whining time here at the office uh, that Todd and Aaron are subjected to uh, due to soreness and things of that nature. It's, it's all but gone. Now, I'm, I'm still a going-on 46-year-old guy. All right, you know, but uh, there's so there's the normal creaks and bumps and bruises and those sorts of things. But I, I can't believe how much of a difference this has made. Uh, I, I'm a huge advocate of it. And that's why I want to strongly urge you if you are struggling with chronic pain, all right, that's pain from inflammation, not from an injury. Inflammation and injuries aren't the same thing, right? But pain from inflammation. If you're struggling with this, take advantage of the starter pack. It's a dollar a day. For just three weeks, a dollar a day, 20 bucks. And, and the, the great thing about Relief Factor, this is not another drug. In fact, it's 100% drug free, even though it was devised by physicians because they too were sick of just handing out the drugs that just dealt with symptoms. They want to you know, get the body's healing powers that were given to it by our creator, nature. Get those things going to fight back against that inflammation. And that's the formula that Relief Factor zeroes in on. Four natural ingredients that will help your body win the fight against that inflammation that's causing the chronic pain. So if you want to try that starter kit for a dollar a day, that's it for three weeks, give it a shot. You've been spending all these money, all this money on prescriptions, uh, all the ibuprofen, Advil, yeah, Tylenol, everything else you're taking. Why not try this for a dollar a day? 
Go to relieffactor.com and see if relief is just a click away for you. Relieffactor.com. One last thing on the conversation we were just having before we go to fake news or not. How do you propose? And, and I think this kind of ties into the Cabot Phillips campus reform video where he's showing a bunch of these racist clips or, or quotes. And of course, the students all think Trump said them, but uh, Joe Biden said them instead. What's the follow-up to that? Like how many of those students do you think walk away seriously rethinking things? And then how do you get a hold of them so that they don't get reabsorbed back into the groupthink? If that's the if that's the if that's the water, that's the well they're drinking from, right? How do you reach that? How do you how do you argue? And I and and that's often used as a dirty word you know, persuade, if you prefer that word. How do you persuade those who aren't even thinking? How do you do that? Where does that, where does that well, come from? Well, first of all, you need to shun it on some level so that they are on the defensive for more than a, a couple-minute uh, soundbite. And this is part of my thinking be- behind the uh, Kyle uh, Kashuv thing. You know, this is uh, hard. He's the Parkland survivor yeah. who became a conservative yeah. celebrity for speaking in favor of gun rights, speaking at NRA conventions, got admitted to Harvard, graduated top of his class, and then he's the young man in the news because they went back and found some vile, stupid, racist stuff he had posted a couple of years yeah. ago. They they decided Harvard, they didn't want to take him. We talked about this yes. yesterday and pointed out, we'd love to live in a country where we all agree, regardless of how we voted or if we voted at all. Some some things just aren't just should never be mentioned. Some mm-hmm. comments just there's never a reason to mention them, and there's there's accountability for when you do. But then we realize that that's not what's happening here because if he had said all the same exact things. Mm-hmm. And and instead of at being at the podium of the NRA, he was at the podium of the of the local pride um, rally. He'd still be going to Harvard. Yes, that that's that's and, the story. Yeah, and we've created that environment over the course. Uh, you, I mean, you talked about cloud pivoting. Uh, uh, this has been happening for decades. We've created this environment. We've uh, and many uh, conservatives and Christians have allowed it to go on with winks and nods. Look, it happened, and that just Harvard was once a, a started for yeah, as a divinity much all school. All of the Ivy League schools were started as divinity it, schools, yes. and we've allowed yes. it. And now we're surprised that he's not getting in there. I think their original motto was truth for Christ in his church or something like that was their original motto. Yeah. And Catholics, we have our, all of the Jesuit schools, Georgetown, et cetera. They're never, we're always on the defensive. It's not going to change until they are. And that can happen in any number of ways, almost none of which we use on a regular basis. That's the only way you change it. So Aaron, how, how do we reach people like this? A lot of them are in your generation. So give us some pointers. How do we persuade them? Well, um, a divine intervention. I, I mean, th- there is a, the only way they would ever be persuadable is through divine intervention, I think, for the most part. And or uh, the shaming of those who are real, true believers and making making the true believers in progressivism, make making them um, own everything they say and really tear the mask off of what they truly believe. Like that uh, woman, Sophie Lewis, who is writing the new book about how 
abortion is a form of violence that needs to be protected and how she goes into great detail about how it is violence and how the only penalty for the violence borne out by the fetus against the mother, in her words, is for a gruesome and painful death for that baby, that unborn baby. We need to force them to tear their masks off so that people who are maybe not true believers, who would maybe otherwise be persuadable or maybe or more in line with an amoeba than anything, that they would be so repulsed by the true believers in progressivism that uh, they can be, you know, they, they can be pushed to a different uh, to a different place, even if even if that place is not uh, conservatism or I, our idea of conservatism. At least they wouldn't maybe be as interested in in the tenets of mm-hmm. progressivism. You know, I was I was listening to you talking. You kind of uh, got my gears grinding a little bit because if this level of of delusion of mass delusion, if it weren't possible within our species, we'd never have things like what's happening in Venezuela right now, right? We'd we'd never have a Soviet Union. You know, we, 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 would, we would never see oppression, tyranny, take hold outside. I mean, you'd have conquerors because yeah, that's part of human nature to dominate the other. But the idea where a society in mass gives itself over to this, uh, to this level of delusion. If it, you know, maybe this is my American arrogance, frankly. Maybe I'm just assuming that, you know, since I still live in a country that was largely inspired by my own belief system, that it really can't happen here. But the reality is, and this kind of goes to what you were saying a little while ago, Todd, we're not living in a country inspired by our belief system right now. We're living in a country that was founded by our belief system, but it's largely no longer inspired it's by that belief forsaken. system. Right? Yeah, and and so... In many respects, she's the fruits of the spirit, I guess is what I hear you Uh saying. Yeah. You see what I did there. So we're back to kind of one of the original tenets of this show. Basically, it's it's revival or bust. I mean, if you if you have certain end times views, if you've ever if you have certain views that you know, you can see where ideas of mass delusion and how people would just you know, I used to read those Left Behind books years ago, and I'm like, yeah, come on, man. I don't, I don't believe. I mean, I enjoyed them, but I also am like, I don't believe you. You would lose a substantial portion of the world population in a rapture-like event, and then, like, you know, after a couple of weeks, people would be back to, you know, whatever the new thing is. I mean, we just we went and saw Avengers Endgame. It was five years. People couldn't get back to what they were going, what they were originally doing, right? But when you see it's like these are the this is the proto version of something like that. You, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where where now maybe you can see in real time how far east east of Eden really can go. I mean, wh- where do we ultimately go when foolish hearts are darkened? Where do we ultimately go when the fool says in his heart that there is no God? Because I mean, that's a fool. That what you see of that woman in that video, she is a fool. And maybe she's not a caricature. Maybe you were right. Maybe that it's not a straw man. It's the fulfillment. Ultimately. The fulfillment is a caricature. Yes. Because where would the ability to stop yourself from 
plummeting that far go? Where would the where where would the the conscience where would you be pricked to to say okay I can't I can't go there I, I mean where would it go? It'd be actual substance a, a man in full men with chests I mean all of, you have to strip it all down and have nothing but a caricature left. Mm-hmm. So here's if we're going to combat this and and if we're going to be called to stand up against this in our day and age. We have to make sure we don't fall for fallacies, shiny objects, distractions from folks wearing our own jersey. All right, so that's where I want to segue to this week's fake news or not. And if you are new to our show, we originally started doing this kind of as our own version of fact-checking media writ large. And this year, we just decided, given how, how much of what we used to call liberal or mainstream media has in these last few years, devolved from bias to open hostility, where we're really, we're talking about malfeasance and malevolence now. You're really talking about the propaganda arm of a country that looks at you, if you believe in any form of traditional Americana, they look at you as a foreign hostile agent. You know, they're, they're the left America media, and we're living in what's left of America. So instead of sitting around and fact-checking, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't sit around and fact-check the theologies of religions I don't believe in. I mean, why would I, why would I do that? I mean, frankly, if I thought your religion had any integrity, I'd, I'd probably join it, right? Okay? So, I mean, why, why should I sit around and I wouldn't fact-check Al Jazeera? I'm not fact-checking the Ayatollahs. So why should I sit around and fact-check MSNBC and CNN at this point when they seem to align with them more than me? So I'm more interested in fact-checking the people who claim to be wearing my uniform, who claim to be representing me, who claim to be uh, part of what's left of America. And this has been something we've talked about from the early years of my career. That I used to say, you can always tell when Republicans are going to sell you out. Because there's two issues Republicans always go to. To, and these are their go-to issues to signal to you that, and well, this should be the signal you should be receiving if you're discerning. And the signal is that we have no interest whatsoever in keeping our promises to you. But we think you are so, that you are so stupid. We will just throw this out there. And it's not even red meat. It's a turd with the corns in it. And we're going to tell you it's red meat and you're going to pounce on it and eat it like it is red meat when it's really just a feces sandwich. And those two issues are whenever they come up with a new way to um, apply the death penalty. And I'm, I'm an advocate of the death penalty, by the way, I believe it's biblical. Now I, I understand though, if you are hesitant about our government in its current form being trusted to justly uh, apply uh, capital punishment, I, you know, I, 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 you get no argument for me if that's your argument against it, okay? But whenever Republicans come up with a new crime to apply the death penalty to that has no chance of ever becoming law, passing any form of even a moderate strain of judicial overview, it, it, it's a scam. This is being done in order to distract you. Here's the other issue. Flag-burning amendments. Flag-burning amendments are really white flag amendments. As in Republicans are waving the white flag between here and the next election on any fight you care about. So they just throw this thing out there. And they've been doing this for decades. 
And I've been saying this on my show for over a decade. And the last time I was down in Dallas visiting with the, 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 the Blaze staff, Glenn Beck told me a story. And I don't think Glenn even knows that I've said this in the past. Glenn starts telling me a story about Orrin Hatch. And it was at the zenith of the Tea Party movement. And they were sitting in Orrin Hatch's office, having a private meeting with him when he was still senator from Utah. And the conversation was about, hey, these people, they, they, they're tired of unlimited government. They want it reined in. Do something about this. And Orrin Hatch looked at him and said, oh, these people, they're worked up now, but they won't care later. We'll just throw out some kind of flag-burning amendment or something. They'll get totally distracted, and we'll just go back to running the government the way we should. That's, that's what this is. So this Steve Daines, who's another useless, you know, uh, Republican rhino in the U.S. Senate, and everybody else, there's been three days of social media debate over the merits of burning the flag. That's two days, 23 hours, 59 minutes, and 48 seconds too much. I'll give you 12 seconds. I, I'm, I'm not a selfish lover. You, I, I think it's a topic worthy of about 12 seconds of debate, right? You eight seconds is about the average ride on a successful ride on a bull for, for a rodeo. I'll give you 12 seconds to debate flag burning. No, I won't. That's actually too much. So we're going to give you maybe a second and a half. This is a useless. I'm not going to give you a position. I'm not going to even debate the merits of either position. I'm going to give this entire issue all of the credibility and gravitas it deserves, which is none. And I'm going to treat it accordingly. This is being done simply to make you believe that something is being done. Well, Steve, can't they do both? No. No, they cannot do both at the same time. Because they won't. They won't do both at the same time. This is being done in place of the things you would like them to do. If you, if you want to know, know the real reason of the timing of this, because last two weeks ago, McConnell wanted the shiny object to be raising the smoking age. And he literally got laughed right off of Capitol Hill. So raising the smoking age, they tried a new one, right? They were like, oh, you, know, you know, they got together like in the Senate cloakroom and the back halls there at the Rayburn building. And they're like, oh, flag burning again, really? I mean, don't we have anything new? You know, they're kind of catching on to some of this stuff, you know? Got to have something different. And somebody was all like, dude, everybody hates smokers nowadays. Let's raise the smoking age. Everybody hates smokers. Not to mention most of those vapes absolutely reek. Let's just be honest. And then they got together and like, yeah, yeah, that's our new one. No, no one's going to buy into the flag burning. We've been pulling that act since 87. And most of them have been in the Senate that long, so they know. So they're all like, well, how old were you in 87, Aaron? Negative uh, six. Exactly. All right. So they're like, snap. We can't do flag burning amendments. We're going to go after smoking like it's 1992. They got laughed at. Then they got back together. You know what they're like? Flag burning amendments it is. All right. So do not fall for this. 
It's an absolute, complete, and total scam. In fact, not only should you not fall for it, you should be deeply offended because what they're really telling you is that you're fake news. What they're really telling you is they think they're laughing at you and they think you're this dumb to actually fall for this. You're this dumb to forget what's going on at the border that we're going to discuss with my friend Congressman Chip Roy here in a moment. You're too dumb that you can be easily distracted from an invasion of 164,000 illegal migrants in the last month on our southern border. That you can be distracted from all of the profligate spending and all of the debt spending. You can be distracted from all of that to discuss, let's do the time warp again, flag burning. Like it's the late 80s. We just got done watching Heart to Heart before it was canceled, and Al Gore hasn't invented the internet yet. All right? Don't. In fact, do me a favor. If you fall for this, stop watching us. You're, you're too dumb for us. I can't help you. You're Ocasio-Cortez dumb. I can't help you. Just, just don't be a stereotype. Hour two is next. And greetings back with hour number two, live and on demand here on The Blaze, radio, TV, and podcast. I'm Steve Dace. Todd and Aaron are here with me as well. 888-900-3393 is the number. If you want to let us know what you think about what we think, you can also email the program, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Um, we love to get to your feedback. We do that every single Friday on the show. I try to respond to as many of you as I possibly can, though, as, as the show continues to grow. So does the volume of feedback we receive. So forgive me if I don't get back to you in a timely fashion or if at all. Um, however, I hope that doesn't deter you. If you do listen to us via the podcast, if you like what we do here, if you wouldn't mind leaving us a five-star review at the podcast platform of your choice, we would be very grateful. Thousands of you have done this for us already on the various podcasting platforms you access our show from. We are uh, grateful to all of you because the more of you we find that do that, the more likely we are uh, to find people like you. And then the more likely we are to get to continue to do this for you, the people. All right. We're going to be hooking up with our friend Congressman Chip Roy uh, of Texas later in this hour to get the latest on the battle over securing the border. But I want to start this hour with Pop Culture Tuesday, where we look at the intersection of culture and conservatism. And of course, everywhere you go uh, this month, it is Pride Month. We already talked about uh, a couple of weeks ago during this segment, some of the, um, or was it just last week, actually, uh, some of the um, more unfortunate um, ways of commemorating pride that we found on social media. And these weren't obscure posts. I want to reiterate that. If you if you go back and listen to that show or watch it at the time, uh, I, when I did the search for that, I went for the top-line search results, which means these were the things that were generating the most feedback and traffic. You know? So, I mean, I didn't... I didn't you know, we didn't put anybody up there with like 10 Twitter followers, you know, making a clown out of themselves. These were the things that came up according to Twitter's algorithm for the top search results. Not the latest, but the top. I want to revisit this topic again because one of the things that we're being told, uh, this is something Joe Biden referenced recently, 
is that you know we we had that we've had these claims of Trump voters uh, committing uh, atrocities, uh, and 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 how many of these have turned out to be hoaxes? The the things with uh, what happened with Jesse Smollett being the most high profile case, but we've been told that there is a bunch of trans Matthew Shepherds out there. I think Joe Biden referenced something and threw out a number like twenty six or something a couple of weeks ago to the human rights campaign when he spoke there. Right. When he was talking about uh, when he was going full fledged rainbow jihad and blaming Trump for, uh, you know, it, 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 it killing uh, black uh, gender dysphoric uh, mentally ill people in particular. And the same independent journalist who debunked a lot of the alleged Trump hoaxes, Trump voter hoaxes, the attacks that never happened or never occurred because of Trump voters, is an independent journalist named Andy No. And you can tell he's on the up and up. Because right now, as we speak, Antifa is trying to make his life a living hell for exposing them. And he did another one of those threads, like he did about uh, Trump hate voter hoaxes, about whether or not we are truly seeing Americans targeted specifically to be murdered because of their gender dysphoria. And he goes through this, uh, he goes through these one by one, and there's 12 of them, all right? Let's look at these individually. Krista Lee Steele uh, Knudsen. Yeah, Knudslian. Knudslian, yeah. okay. Who produced various transsexual pageants in the New England area, was killed by her husband. There is no evidence this was a bias-motivated murder. And again, he's got the links to back all these up like he did with the, the Trump uh, hate hoax voter uh, issues as well. Vicky Gutierrez was killed in her L.A. home in January of 2018. After meeting up with a man she met online, police charged Kevin Ramirez in the killing. They say it was an attempted robbery that turned into a murder. No evidence she was killed for being trans. Celine Walker was found shot and killed uh, in February of 2018 inside a hotel in Jacksonville. Her killer has not been found. You can call Crime Stopper for tips if you have information. The Jacksonville sheriff said Walker was involved in illicit prostitution work. Tanya Harvey was shot and killed in February of 2018 in Buffalo, New York, by unknown assailants. Harvey struggled with drug abuse and was also involved in prostitution. Prosecutors say there isn't evidence to show that she was killed for being trans. Zachariah Fry, along with her roommate, an elderly man, were found dead in New Mexico in February of this year. A man believed to be their third roommate, Charles Spies, was arrested and charged. There is no evidence the killings were motivated by transphobia. Felicia Mitchell was shot and killed in February of 2018 in Cleveland. Her home was known to police for drug activities. Gary Sanders was charged for her murder. They had an argument over stolen money and drugs. No evidence of transphobia. Amaya Tyre Berryman, a trans prostitute, was shot and killed in a motel room in March of 2018. Dedrick Butler was arrested over the killing. Sasha Wall was killed April of 2018 in South Carolina by someone authorities believe she knew. She was shot at close range in her car. The shell casing was found inside. Case remains unresolved, and authorities said there isn't any evidence any trans bias was involved. Carla Patricia Flores Pavan died from injuries May 2018 in Dallas. Jimmy Eugene Johnson III, who was found with her property, was arrested for the killing. Detectives said robbery, not transphobia, 
was the motive. Nina Fortson, who is believed to be a transgendered man, but also uses she, her pronouns, was shot and killed May of 2018 in Atlanta. A witness said Fortson was in an argument with two men and two women and fired his gun before being killed himself later. The suspects are unknown. Gigi Pierce was shot and killed by her friend, a woman of color, in May of 2018 in Portland, Oregon. Trial heard, uh, the trial heard how it was in self-defense after Pierce tried to stab her with a knife. The murder charge was dismissed. There was no evidence of transphobia. Roxanne, Roxana Rodriguez died May of 2018 in a hospital after being part of a migrant caravan that crossed into the U.S. She was hospitalized under ICE custody with signs of pneumonia, dehydration, and HIV complications. No evidence of transphobic violence against her in the United States. And if you were watching as we went through that on Blaze TV, you saw right-wing news sources such as the New York Times, the Cleveland Plain Dealer, you know, things we often, you know, cite and talk about here as our way of pushing the places where we go to push back against liberal media bias. Those were often the sources for these uh, for these uh, debunkings. And I want to make this point abundantly clear before we say anything else. The fact that these people lost their lives for reasons that have nothing to do with transphobia or any other political correct, politically correct cause, jihad, crusade, doesn't make the loss of their lives any less meaningful or any more tragic. We believe in the we believe in the sanctity of life on this show. And and we don't believe in using people as constructs for propaganda one way or the other. I, I want to make that abundantly clear. And now with that said, what Andy No is pointing out to you, like he did earlier this year with the at the time of the Jesse Smollett case. That, you know, Trump voters are engaging in, you know, hate attacks and hate crimes all over the fruited plain. It's just simply not true. It's not. And in a way, this ties into the Kyle Kashev story, Kashuv story. And let me tell you why. I was responding to um, one of the editors at the American Spectator. Who, who she tweeted today that, let's face it, the only reason Kyle Kashuv is not going to Harvard is because all that matters to the left is ideology. That's all that matters. And I responded to her and I said, I agree. His comments were stupid. They were vile. But if, but if he said all of the exact same things and instead of appearing on a platform that had an NRA logo, appeared at a platform with a rainbow flag, he'd still be welcomed with open arms to enroll at Harvard this fall. And I rarely look at replies to my tweets, mainly because that that's a vast wasteland most times. Okay. And I've got three teenagers. I get enough teenage wasteland. Roger Daltrey, I don't, I don't need any more. <laughs> okay. But I knew I was, wa- was going to get the reaction I was hoping for 
when I put that out there. So I looked at the comments to this one because I was waiting for the, the Team GOP smart set answer. That's all we got in the Trump era and victimology. We don't have anything else. And, you know, we've lost all of our principles. And so all we do is go around talking about victimology. Now, in my tweet, did I not call Kyle Kashuv's comments vile? Did I not use that word? Yes. Did I not use that word on this show or words yes. to that effect yesterday? Mm. Earlier today, and we talked about it again. Did we even say yesterday on the show, hey, if this was a standalone entity where one of America's elite universities said, hey, man, you might have been a, ch a kid, but you weren't a child. Right. We're not putting someone who was old enough to get a learner's permit to drive a car in our university who should have been old enough to know better than to use comments like that in a public forum. And if they wanted to take that stand, regardless of politics, if we thought that's what the stand was, would we be fine with it? Right. Right. But is that what the stand is? No. No. So I don't endorse his comments. I don't excuse them. And if I thought that was the reason Harvard was not letting him in, I'd be totally fine with it, politics aside. But we all know that it's not. And that's why the people who responded to me that way never bothered to challenge my calculus because you can't. You can't challenge two plus two. You can't. You might not like it. You might wish it was five. You might wish it was three. You might wish it was one. You might wish it was to infinity and beyond. But no matter how much you wish it show, wish it so, every time you add up two plus two, it is always going to be four. So you may not prefer the calculus. You may not affirm it. You may not approve of it. You might not like it. It might not have the best favorables, but it remains the calculus nonetheless. And so these, are, these folks wanted to talk victimology with me. Because you can't challenge the calculus because we all know it's true. In fact, I would, I'll go, I'll, I'll double down. If Kyle Kashuv announced tomorrow he was same-sex attracted, he'd be readmitted to Harvard within a week. Anybody want to dare challenge me on that? No. No! Because, because Melissa at the American Spectator was right. All that matters to the left is ideology. That's all that matters. Now here's how this ties into this story. See, calling someone out on their double standard is not victimology. That's actually what we used to call justice around here. Before down was up, up was down, right was left, and left was right. We used to say it's an injustice to have a double standard. We used to say certain people getting to ride in certain places and certain motor vehicles, getting to drink from certain places others cannot, getting to just walk up and vote without having to take a spelling or an intelligent test. Or We used to say certain classes of people giving themselves exemptions to burdens they wish to then put on others we used to call those things injustices around here. That's what we used to call them, right? You and I still might be old enough to remember a time many moons ago where we still did things like that. Because now that's we what don't. a standard was. Yeah, because that's what the standard was. That's not what we do anymore. What we do now is, is injustice is our identity. And so my identity is only affirmed, therefore, if I, if I am permitted to impose an injustice upon you for not giving me what I want and affirming me. See, it's not a double standard to point out the injustices. Rather, the injustices are what create double standards. That's right. It's the other way around. 
And so we've decided that victimology, that, that you're a victim. And you are if you identify as trans. I wholeheartedly agree that you are a victim. But not in the political sense, in the traditional one. You need prayer. You need counseling. You need some serious therapy. You need help. It's not normal. I mean, I'll go back to the video that was in Aaron's montage earlier uh, where CC Telfair, who was the 290th best male runner in the NCAA track championships a year ago, is now one of the best female runners. And he is running through the litany of all the things he is doing to deform his body. That's not normal. That's, a, that's self-induced suffering. In some respects, you're, you're chemically cutting yourself is what you're doing. This is, this is, this, you need help. Prayer, therapy. You're a victim. But not in the sense of victimology. See, victimology is the identity. Victimology is, I am, a per, I am perpetually a victim. And, and, and I can't escape that because it's my identity. Yeah, my defining characteristic is how I've been wronged. Yes, it's where I draw water, air from. Yes. And therefore, because that's the case, um, I, can, I, I can with great conviction claim that I'm a victim because I identify as one of the letters of that alphabet during the same time over the course of an entire month, every sector of popular culture is pandering to me, is affirming every aspect of my narrative and message. Despite all of those things taking place, I can still with great conviction claim I'm oppressed. And it's because the victimology is the identity. And then once you've determined that you have reached a certain status of victimology, all of those who don't affirm your status thereof, you now can justify victimizing them. So C.C. Talfair can totally justify taking opportunities away from women when he just wasn't good enough to compete with the men. He's 290th place. But he's fine victimizing you, females, because he's adopted victimology as an identity. And that's the same thing with all of those debunked hate crimes. It should be enough. I mean, how many tragic stories of prostitution, drugs involved in that? Do people who feel whole, sometimes people, sure, you know, we live east of Eden after all. Sometimes people are in a good place and then end up making one or two bad decisions and they let things like drugs ruin their lives, right? Those stories do happen. But most of the time, if you look at all of the sociological data out there, if you feel whole and content in your life, are you more or far more, far more or far less likely to engage in sexual lasciviousness that's to the point of danger of exposing yourself to things that can kill you and succumb to hard drugs? Who are, are people who feel whole and content more or less likely to 
succumb to those things. Certainly less. Far less. Far less. Their deaths should be tragic enough. Their deaths should be sad enough. But that's not good enough. No, instead, I, I need to practice, I need to, I need to alter, I need to, I need to sacrifice them on the altar of my personal preference even after they're dead. I need to do it all over again because I need their stories. Whether they're true or not, I need them to affirm my victimology status. I need them to affirm my narrative. The tragedy of their deaths aren't even good enough unless they affirm my narrative. And then there are no facts. There is no reasoning that you can present to get me to question my narrative. Because this is a cult. It is a cult. This is the spirit of the age we're up against. I know it says America. It's really Ephesus. I know it says Iowa, Texas, New York. I know it's really Corinth. Okay? Open your eyes. We're in a pagan culture now. And sometimes when you're in that position, it really is, Todd, it's revival or bust. You, uh, wow, you took my breath away there, actually, with that uh, Texas, Iowa, it's Corinth. I, I think that nails it in a way that simply uh, cannot be improved upon. Uh, and what you are talking about is what I've alluded uh, before in America as the gated community effect. We just have so much in this country, more than any people has ever had in the history of this world in terms of wealth, opportunity, uh, protection, uh, education, pound for pound, the, the most uh, time any uh, all people spend in something called a classroom, doing something called learning, and yet here we are. We we take it for granted to such an extent. It is it is Kaiser Sose. The greatest trick the devil pulled is convincing people he didn't exist. That's where we are right now because we've we are beyond history. We are the people we've been waiting for. We have perfected all the things. Science, science, science. Um, it is there is nothing new under the sun though. It, all all of what I just said is more proof of exactly what Steve said. Two thousand years later, who we are is still who we were a people that cannot be saved short of the grace of Christ and short of that grace will run off a cliff with wild abandon. That's exactly right. I mean, one just has to take a look through history, um, and that's that's the only thing uh, that has happened outside of the various and biggest instances of God's grace and God's intervention with uh, with fallen humanity. Um, but one can't simply, I mean, we've talked about conservatism, and we're having a spiritual con conversation here, but um, we, we've talked about conservatism being an observational science before, of looking back through history and deciphering, understanding, seeing, deducing what works best for the human condition. 
And in that way, you can construe conservatism, uh, and you could even make conservatism into some sort of secular conservatism, as it is maybe just a, a science, but you'll never have truly the eyes to see what truly does work best for the human condition without the spiritual aspect, which means that everything that we face now, all of from um, men who feel pretty uh, and the, re- the, the havoc that's being wreaked uh, upon various women's sporting events and women in general because of that, um, to the, the very sad reality that those men who feel pretty uh, do actually have a mental disorder and they need a lot of thoughts and prayer from that to whatever, the, the national debt as well, which is a huge moral issue that we seem to overlook over and over again, to pick any issue that plagues our society right now. We will never, ever, 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 ever have the eyes to see without a spiritual, uh, without a spiritual reawakening. And that has to come through divine intervention. Mm-hmm. We're not spe- we're not special. Um, we're not special in the sense that we're the only that we're the only country that's gone so far, and that's fallen so far that the only thing is going that's going to happen uh, to save us is divine intervention. Divine intervention saved me. It can save you. It can save anyone. That is that is what it takes. But it, we need that on a mass scale. And to our understanding and to our perception, it's going to have to be miraculous. That's the only difference. It's, it's our perception of what that divine intervention looks like. But that's the only thing that's going to save us at this point. Well, that was a truth bomb right there. And that's one of the reasons why we are partnered on our show with uh, an organization like Swiss America. Because they, they get that kind of dot connecting. They get that kind of discernment. Um, they approach this from the model of a biblical worldview. That's how they see geopolitical trends, socioeconomic trends, uh, global, domestic. And, and that's why they believe uh, at face value. When the Lord said the worker is worth his hire, they want to protect um, what you've made, um, it, your productivity, so that you can decide, um, hey, I want to have that money to give to this cause. I want to have that money to give back to my church, to save uh, and pass on to my family. And they're concerned right now about a growing trend, uh, a social credit system that they see an American company like Google partnering with our greatest economic rival, China, and putting together. And they are concerned when they start seeing some of the leftist craziness, craziness we've already been talking about on our show today, that we could create that exact kind of system down the line here in the United States as well. If you want to learn more about this, especially in an age where Big business and big government are often in bed together. All your transactions, therefore, are traceable, trackable, blockable. Wouldn't take much, really. A couple more steps uh, towards Gamora for this culture to say, yeah, we think that's a great idea. Let's go down that road and create our own real-life Black Mirror episode. If you want to learn more about this, it's called The Secret War. Get your copy for free today at 1-800-289-2646. 1-800-289-2646. Or just go to their website. Again, you'll get it for free. It's called The Secret War at SwissAmerica.com. That's SwissAmerica.com. I keep getting asked, you know, what are you guys' answers to this other than revival? And I, I don't... What do you mean? Yeah, I, I, don't, I, I don't... We're up against something here that is beyond human intuition. You're, you're watching the spiritual trial of a people take place. 
Hey, Moses, what are your answers to this besides still, just waiting uh, for the uh, presence of the Lord? Come yeah. on, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be over here building the golden calf. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I just can't. But I, I get asked this, like, I get an email or something like this almost daily now. And I understand the need to want, I'm the, I'm the guy that wants to fix things. I'm the guy that when I watch that first Democratic debate, I'm going to have to resist the temptation. <laughs> Don't! Even though I want all those people to lose. <laughs> I, I understand it. Right? My, my, my problem in life is not accepting the things that I cannot change. It's accepting that I cannot change things. And then, uh, <laughs> and then um, accepting the things that I think I can change. I, I understand this notion and that doesn't mean there's never, you know, we, we created a constitution. We, we wrote, we forged a declaration of independence. You know, we, we did those things because there are, t- there are, you know, we, ha- we are given God-given gifts. We're created in the image of God. There are certain times and, 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 and things that we as humans can do to restrain evil. But, but ultimately, when it's taken hold, you can't. We don't have, we're, we can't, we aren't empowered to do this on our own. We aren't. We don't, we don't have a political party that represents us. And we're going to talk in a few minutes with my buddy, Congressman Chip Roy, who, you know, he's taking up a fight. He just got elected last November. The Republicans held Congress for the two years prior, both houses and the White House. They could have put everything in place so that we're not watching an invasion of 164,000 illegal migrants with children coming across our border in the last month. They could have done it, and they didn't. You know, and, and so we don't, we, don't, we, we don't really have, we have individuals like Chip and others, and we know most of their names. The problem but, is that we actually know most of their names. We yeah, shouldn't because there's so few. Yeah. yeah, there's not corporately a platform for us to go to truly contend with this. That doesn't exist. And most of the people that we are voting for as the alternative to this don't agree with us. They may not like how far the left wants to go, but at heart, I mean, there's a great Babylon Bee headline today. Democrats and Republicans deeply divided over how to misinterpret the Bible. I mean, that's... that's and we're done. I mean, I, I, that's that's it. We don't have really a platform. We have individuals who fight for us, and we're going to support them as much as we can when we have the shot. But, you know... We don't have a platform to corporately manifest and mobilize to go up against this. And so when you're left there, I mean, I know it sounds trite for some of you, but it really is revival or bust. More in a moment. The recent episode of 60 Minutes uh, should make all homeowners nervous. All right. The FBI's former head of cyber crimes was on there warning homeowners that foreign and domestic thieves can steal your home because they can do it all online nowadays. That's where a lot of our home mortgages, our titles are kept in databases that can be hacked online. Here's what the thieves do to get to us. Uh, They forge their names onto our uh, mortgages, onto our titles. And what they're looking for is the equity in your home. All right, because they want to borrow against your equity as collateral. They're going to liquidate your investment. And then they're going to stick you with the payments. 
more and more sob stories that are unfortunate uh, where people are finding out and not until the late payment notices, the foreclosures begin, the eviction notices arrive. Um, if you want to make sure this never happens to you, you can protect your most valuable investment, your own home, with Home Title Lock. All right? And what they do is uh, they put a virtual barrier around your home's title and mortgage. Only cost pennies a day. They protect what your mortgage lender, uh, what uh, your bank, what your identity theft protection cannot. If you want to get more information about this, maybe you need want to find out, hey, has my home's title already been tampered with or targeted? They'll give you a free title scan and report today to find out if that has happened to you. That's right for free. If you go to HomeTitleLock.com, HomeTitleLock.com, protect the most valuable investment most Americans will ever have with HomeTitleLock.com. We're going to reschedule uh, my buddy Congressman Chip Royce, if you were tuning in for that. Uh, things are in motion uh, up on the Hill. They're strategizing. And and frankly, I'd, I'd, I'd much rather uh, they secure the border. He forces them to do their damn jobs for once. Uh, then, then talks to us. So we're we're gonna we're gonna reschedule that. Um, so we apologize for those of you that were holding on for that. But the conversation we were gonna have with Chip is very similar to the conversation we just had. And maybe other people know. Maybe other people know how do you reach people that are given over not to not to political beliefs. Like if you have somebody who just overall has a lot of the same basic moral values you do. There's some some differences. Maybe you're hardcore pro-life. They would call themselves pro-choice because they just don't think that they can tell somebody else what they can do if they were ever in that situation with unwanted pregnancy. But, you know, you know, they agree with you on like late term or partial, right? They, they, they get most of it. And maybe that person just really believes in single-payer healthcare. You can sit down and, you know, look at data. What's healthcare like in the UK? What's it look like in Western Europe? Right, you can have that discussion, that debate with that person. That person is becoming increasingly rare. A lot of the cartilage in our culture is being erased. More and more, it is bone on bone. And when bone hits bone in the body, without a cushion, you get friction. Let me give you an example. This happened, in fact, I'm going to give you two examples. Dave Weigel is a politics reporter for the Washington Post. Been around for a long time. Yeah, a long time. Dave Weigel has been a guest in my home. I know him on a first name basis. He's come to my home to, you know, get the lowdown. He's been in the man cave. Todd, have you ever been in my man cave? Never. You've never been in the man cave. Dave Weigel of the Washington Post has been to my man cave. That's where we sat down and, you know, broke it down for an hour or so. The environment from the last caucus cycle. I've talked to Dave back when he was at Slate, I think is where he was before he went to the Washington I think Post. So. You know, and again, I know what Slate is, but he always quoted me accurately. I got along with him, so I always talked to him. During the last break, this is a guy who's been a guest in my home, met my wife and kids. And I've talked to probably dozens of times. 
he's, I'm just going to read this. Not going any deeper into concentration camp Twitter today, but the term originated to describe British tactics in the Boer War and was later applied to Nazi tactics. Problem with saying internment camp instead is that you remind people that Americans had them before. He is attempting to intellectualize the stupidity of what Ocasio-Cortez was putting in, a, in that video that we talked about at the top of the show today. He's attempting to make sense of the senseless, and he's serious. This guy knows people like us. He's covered people like us. He's been around people like us. What do you do? I'm asking those of you that are tired of hearing revival or bust, who think there's some Cato Institute white paper, who thinks there, there's, there's some, some other plan. Tell me what to do when a guy who's been a guest in my home and I have known for years, is attempting to make the case that, yeah, really, we are kind of running. I mean, if you go back to the Boer War interpretation, really, America is running constant. Do you know how to debate that? I, I debate how the Boer War all the time, Steve. Yeah, it's I, it's I, on the tip of my tongue constantly. <laughs> it's it's never-endingly useful to how, make. Where Where is... Where's, where's, the, where's the persuade zone in this conversation? In any given take of ideas, there's a zone where persuasion can take place. Where, where one side or each side's argument is soft enough that it's open to being convinced that they're wrong on the merits and can be persuaded otherwise. So tell me, where's the persuasion zone? If Dave Weigel came back to my house this weekend with, with Amy out of town, so I got some free time. Dave Weigel was hanging out in my house tonight. We wanted to talk Ocasio-Cortez comparing ICE to Nazis who run concentration camps. While we have 164,000 people illegally coming over the border, thousands of unaccompanied minors, and who knows how many of them are essentially mascots for human trafficking rings, okay, to gain a foothold here into the States. Tell me... I mean, this is a guy that I've talked issues with because he wanted to kind of get the lay of the land and in Republican circles. Tell me where the persuade zone in that conversation with me and Dave Weigel. Tell me where that's at. Because well, I, I, I think I'm pretty good at this. I'm not saying I'm, you know, freaking Aristotle here or Socrates for that matter. But I think I've demonstrated I'm fairly okay at it. Can we at least stipulate to that? Yeah. I'm not bad. I... I I don't, I don't know where it is. I don't, I don't know where him and I could have an adult conversation well, about this. You got one shot. And it has, to, it has to pull away from the specifics of this issue because he's doing this because he does actually believe the same things as Ocasio-Cortez. More broadly, we joke about it all the time, but it's a joke that has a uh, solid baseline of truth. You ultimately have to appeal to the dude code on some level, and just a level of um, don't pee on me and tell me it's raining. Mm -hmm. Generally speaking, like, you go ahead and believe something different on the issue of the border specifically. But generally, as a uh, point of argumentation, uh, th that's not... that you, you, you broke all the playground rules there. That, that if, if you can establish some in there, then... 
you've got a shot. But it's hard because of his utter belief in the specificity of the cause. Because I because it, it's what Melissa over at the American Spectator, and I'm not using her last name because she recently got married, so I don't remember mm-hmm. what it is. But it's 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 what she said today. For the left, ideology is is it's just everything. Yeah. You can't. I can't overcome that. It's it's absolutely I mean, everything because it's everything. And this is sometimes it's it's packaged in different ways in different people in terms of being overt and covert. Um, but the hope is that there's enough of his. He's just on autopilot with this because of the power of the cause that it's overruled. Like his math. Like if you just make him do two plus two, I'm just like yeah, that's crap. I mean, heck, it. it all of us, to some degree, it happens with, you know, our thinking got a little lazy one day. We made an argument that maybe is not a... You got to catch him in that because it's... But in order to at least get him to come to the table, I'm thinking more specifically um, about the cause. You might still have a chance of just in terms of a guy who at least wants to actually win legit instead of win by any means necessary. Yeah, I disagree with that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't even know. I, I put that out there almost believing none of what I say in terms of being possible. You know the yeah, man. I would have, belie- I would have believed yeah. that was true. But we're all we now we don't know what a man is. I, yeah, I know. So how do you how do you how do you See, how do we have a universal you, dude code if we don't agree I'm, what's male or female? Have you guys uh, seen the movie Hot Fuzz? No, no. Are you serious? Yeah, I don't even know oh, what it is. Come on. You haven't seen Hoosiers or Rudy or so come on. Yeah, it's, so I don't want to I don't want to hear that. It's a British show. Uh, the dude code says you should have been still Kane for that. <laughs> it's a British film. It's a comedy. It's about this cop who goes from big city London police department to a small town out in the middle of the British countryside. And uh he's kind of the big big bad cop in town now. And he starts to realize that all these townsfolk, all the people who are running the businesses on the outside, when they first kind of introduce each other and they're starting to get to know each other, they seem like perfectly normal people. But then they start realizing that people who set one toe out of line at, at, you know, in this town, he's not really the guy in charge. It's these kind of people who are running things behind the scenes. And it really is at the end of the day. Uh, and I'm not saying in real life it's some sort of giant conspiracy, but it is an illustration of progressivism because these this group of people who are running things in this town, their main tenant in a very funny way is always the greater good. And they're like they almost do like a seance where they just keep re- repeating the greater good. Meanwhile, they're doing all of these heinous acts around town in the name of some law uh, that they kind of make up and change as they go along. And that's really a, a lot of what we're f- up against. We may see a veneer of normal people when we're out, you know, we see them in, pe- in, in public. But I think behind the scenes, because of what Todd says, progressive really, progressivism really is cancer. Um, this is a zero sum game. And that's the way this whole, that's the way mm-hmm. the movie ends is, uh, the, the, you know, the good cop guy. Um, and I can't remember the actor who played him. You'd see him, but, uh, he ends up having to clean up the town, literally clean up the town of all these people. It is a zero sum game or divine intervention. That's, that's what it's down to. All right. I, I've got another example. I'm going to throw at you guys in a minute of where's the persuade zone in this argument. Okay. Uh, but first it would be foolish of me to try to persuade you to put a stoplight at your kitchen table telling you when it's time to stop eating because that would be creepy and and no one would do that and that's why nature your creator put one right in your gut it's called well it's got a big fancy name but the abbreviation is oea 
And what this, what this OEA is, it's the signal that goes from the gut to the brain, telling the brain, hey, we're full down here, we're good. Kick that metabolism in, let's get active and go out, go about the rest of our business. Problem is, for too many of us, that signal's just not as strong as it needs to be, especially as we get older sometimes, it can grow even more faint, all right? So this is where Riduzone comes in. They just want to help your metabolism, help you win the battle with your bulge by putting that OEA back in your system. That's all that it is. It's just OEA, not a bunch of chemicals, not a stimulant, not loaded with caffeine. Uh, this is just about the OEA. If you want to give it a shot, go to riduzone.com, R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E for riduzone.com. Use my name, Steve, as a promo code. They'll give you a special offer uh, when you do that. When you go to riduzone, R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E, riduzone.com. All right, so tell me, tell me where the persuadable area is. This is an advertisement, um, an, an, an advertisement op-ed that, that appeared at Huffington Post today. And again, for those of you that don't know, Huffington Post is the, is, in terms of traffic, my understanding is it's the number one political website in America. Now, in fairness, though, they do all kinds of stuff other than politics, right? It's, it's essentially, it's a news agency, albeit from a leftist perspective, but there's other reasons to go to Huffington Post, society pages, movie news, sports. There's other reasons to go there other than politics. Is that fair? Yeah. Okay, is that accurate? Okay. But they're but it, but always preaching a worldview. Yes, yes, they are, through all of those various filters. You bet they are. Here are two lines. And, and what this is about is um, making the arguments that pride parades are kid-friendly. Okay. These yeah. are quotes right from the article, right from the, right from the advertised article here to make the case that pride parades are kid-friendly. Quote, kids can handle the kink. That's a line right out of this, okay? Running, running, running at the most trafficked website in news and politics in the country. Next quote, nobody loves nakedness more than children. Then what the hell was that woman on The View complaining about the Catholic Church for a few weeks ago? I, I, I don't know. Because she was I mean, trying, she to, make, would, she she was trying to make the argument, well, well you know, uh, the well, Catholic Church the, is so bad. That's the point I was making. The only reason you'd complain about the Catholic Church's hypocrisy here is if you actually believe in the standard that they're of their own, that they yes. preach, that they're violating. If you don't believe in that standard, then why aren't you affirming what the Catholic Church did? It makes no sense. But these are quotes right out of this piece for the Huffington Post today. Quote, kids can handle the kink. Quote, nobody loves nakedness more than children. Tell me. Because uh, tell me where the persuade zone is. Because the only zone I see is the prison zone. All right. The only zone I see is the chemical castration. If the law of the jungle doesn't get to you first, if you know what I'm saying, zone. That's... That's the only zone I see when I see something like harming children. The only zone I see is millstone around your neck, perish out in the open sea for all of eternity zone. Okay? So, so tell me, though, where's the persuade zone? If, you, if, you, if, you've, got a, if you've got somebody who, who, in your life that you, that's more left of you, but you don't think buys into this, and they're always you know, sending you Huffington Post articles about the economy or whatever, if you sent them this link, from that same website, what would their reaction be? I don't know. I'm asking. What's the persuade zone here? There is none. I mean, they, they, 
if they're not flat out in the mood to um, advocate for this, they'll simply say it, it's a tried and true. T- it's it's the the part the partner to the slippery slope argument. They just, oh that's an ex- that's just an extreme. That's that's not reality. Uh, but there's no there won't be an even attempt to persuade. Um, that that one the second quote. It that that one that one just hits you in the gut because that's when you know you're just dealing with you're dealing with fiends the the, the Eurokai yeah. from uh, the two towers. I mean, the, they these people have literally been made in a lab, a cultural lab yep. dominated by witchcraft to kill all that get in its way. Yeah, I, I'm, see, to me, I think that just has to be defeated. Yes, there's not a persuade zone. It's not tolerated in any level. That is as that's that's. I think it, you were the one talking the zero sum game, Aaron. That that's yeah. What that is that. You know what? I want to sum up to you where I really think we are in a moment. Okay, before I do that, if you have itchy ears, ear pain, or that plugged up feeling, maybe you're constantly asking people to repeat themselves. If that's you, instead of going to the doctor's office with the hassle of the weight, the copay, and everything else, give WaxRx a try. You can DIY it now, just like the pros do, with the same exact technology that safely and effectively removes earwax buildup and and then soothes the ear with a pH-conditioned formula, just like the professionals do. Now, you can do it yourself as well, and you can now get WaxRx without a prescription, too. Try it risk-free today. Go to the website, usewaxrx.com. Use waxrx.com and use offer code radio at checkout to get free shipping at usewaxrx.com. Offer code radio at checkout for free shipping. From a, from a worldview standpoint, this is a steel cage match. Two men enter. Let me put it a finer way. Two worldviews will enter. Only one will leave. That's when the number one website for the left in America is advertising kink for kids and that kids love nakedness. So take them to the pride parade when we go there and we're here now. And really, should we be shocked? I mean, if you heartily advocate murdering children in their bodies before they're born, why not, you know, endorse murdering their souls after they're born? That's where we are. Two worldviews enter, one will leave. John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.